0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Neil Sperry. We are not entirely sure where we are because no sounders loaded into the program today. I am going to assume that the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour is live and on the air here on the eleventh of September. You know what I would appreciate more than anything right now? This is not necessarily to put you on the air, but just to make sure that we are live. Would somebody call our uh, toll our, our toll free call in number and just let us know that you're hearing this? Eight eight eight. Two five 256 1080 We're broadcasting, we think, to 33 stations, but uh, somewhere in the network, uh, the, uh, the opening and the other things did not get loaded. <clears throat> so please call. Jared will answer that, and that'll give us a clue that, indeed, we, we have a program. 888-256-1080. Uh, it also will let us know that the phones are working so that we can—this uh, this may be a really lengthy hour for me— uh, if I don't have ads and if I don't have um, if I don't have calls but if you can call and just let us know that we do have uh, do have sound coming to you there we go so we do have a call coming in and uh, but let us know that you're hearing us and not just responding to my website for example and and calling because of uh, the fact that I do publish the number there so uh, the uh, toll-free number I'll give again and I'll let Jared. Let me know if, uh, if indeed uh, he's getting some calls to confirm. 888-256-1080. Middle of September pretty much here. And uh, that means that it is just about last call for starting new turf grass. And it also is uh, uh, the uh, time to plant uh, last call in the southern half of the state, the cold hardy vegetables like broccoli and cabbage and cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, lettuce, and spinach. Last call, southern half of Texas. Too late, northern half of Texas. Uh, Time to get out the wildflower seeds, get them planted right away. I think you could still use a pre-emergent weed killer, especially in the southern half of the state. Uh, Not if you're planting wildflower seeds, not if you're going to be overseeding with ryegrass. Those are all kind of taboo things to do right now if you're going to be putting other seeds out, so be uh, cautious in that regard. But uh, otherwise, uh, this is is a really nice transition time. Uh, For many of us in the northern half and perhaps soon in the southern half, the, uh, the nighttime temperatures are just a little bit cooler and the humidity is just a little lower occasionally and that just makes it all the more palatable to get out and enjoy gardening to the fullest. Fall is the best time of the year because the crises of springtime where everything gets packed into about a three or four week period, you have to get everything done right now and fall it's not quite that way. You have a little more leeway, you have some some uh, more time to relax. You go into nurseries, they're not quite so swamped, and you can spend some more time enjoying gardening uh, to the fullest. And uh, so, Jared, are you getting some calls to tell you that indeed people are hearing the broadcast? And he is taking calls apparently, so that I'll take to be a good sign. Uh, Either that or he's just gone on home. (laughs) So... They're hearing. All right. So the, uh, the small problem then. It's not the major problem I feared. The small problem is that the sounders and things did not get loaded into the computer properly. And, and uh, maybe Jared can handle that. And if not, we'll just figure it out. I'm going to, uh, I'll be doing my ads uh, as I normally do to my stations. Uh, I'll just tell you right now that I'll do two lives in this first break and then give you a minute. And then we'll come back, and we'll see how that goes. I'll try to announce it each time. I don't know what to expect. I've never had this uh, beginning to a program. in. All right, and there are PSAs in there if need be. And uh, uh, so anyway, that's uh, 35 years of broadcasting. Every day is an adventure. You know, it's kind of like parenting. Every day is a new adventure. Uh, let's... Uh, Go ahead and and, uh, open up the phone lines, and you don't need to call to tell us you can hear us, because apparently you can. Let's open it up for phone calls for questions, your landscape and lawn and garden questions, please. Toll-free, anywhere you can hear me, 888-256-1080. If you can't hear me, don't write the number down. Think about it. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Neil Prairie's Lone Star Gardening, now in its fifth printing, is your go-to gardening reference. At least I had had hoped when I wrote it that that would be the case. And five printings later, I think a lot of people must agree with that. And a lot of the people are buying it as a second copy to give to someone. And that's what I would recommend to you. You know the... the, uh, Mm Uh, postage rates are going to go up the first of october for uh, any thing that weighs more than a letter uh, it's going to be just for the holiday season they're, they're charging more because of manpower shortages i've read that Uh, It's not going to be a huge amount, but it's going to be enough that you might want to go ahead and get this ordered and have us send it to you. Uh, This is a book that I self-published so I could finally have the book I always wanted for you where I would make the decisions, not some committee that was only focused on bottom line. I didn't really worry that much about the cost because I knew by self-publishing that I wouldn't be going through a publishing house or a distributor or retail outlets. All of that cost would, would not be factored into the, your cost on the book. It's, uh, it's only thirty six ninety five plus tax and postage. If I'd gone the regular route, this book would be $50, $55, $60. It's thirty six ninety five, and uh, then the tax and the postage, and you will be satisfied with this or I'll refund every penny. I've sold, uh, gosh, what is it now? Uh, 67,000, going on 68,000, and not one request for a refund yet. It covers all topics of outdoor gardening for all parts of Texas. Lawns, landscapes, annuals, perennials, fruit, and vegetables. Chapter 2 alone will pay for this book because it's a 48-page calendar telling you what needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and sprayed in your landscape and garden in that month. It's a checklist of things to get done for each month. 344 pages, 840 of my best photos, and I had it printed in San Antonio, not overseas. I wanted to keep Texas printers employed. This goes back prior to the pandemic. This is not a recent decision. It's always been the case with this book. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. Two ways that you can get it. And both of them involve my office. You either buy it from my office by calling the office Monday through Friday, or you buy it from my website. And uh, then I sign them in my garage. I put air conditioning into my detached garage just so I could work out there and, and be reasonably comfortable and get the books to you right away. So... You can, uh, you can call the office Monday through Friday at 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769, but the better way by far is to order it right now at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neilsperry's Lone Star Gardening. Mueller Greenhouses. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for ninety years. Well now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. They're easy to assemble, bolt together greenhouses come in five sizes. Their six by nine greenhouses are good starter sizes, but you really don't want to get one that small. You want to go to the twelve by twenty one. They feature a galvanized steel frame, all of them do, with more than thirty designer trim colors from which to choose. They have hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors, and windows. A Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877 Two Mueller, the number two. That's eight seven seven two six eight three five five three, Mueller Inc. dot com. Mueller means more, Mueller means greenhouses. We have a one minute ad now, and I'll be back on the other side of it. All right, folks, and that is our rejoinder music, and that is a buddy of mine by the name of Johnny Hooper and his uh, group that put together the rejoinder music for me. Thank you very much, Johnny. The uh, phone number, if you'd like to call, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Jared Taylor is running the boards, and this is Seat of the Pants Airlines that you're on today, (laughs) and Jared and I are the pilots, and uh, he is the pilot. I'm the co-pilot sitting toward the back of the plane with my feet up, because I don't know what I'm doing, Jared tells me. And uh, we have three callers, and I am really grateful for you all who are willing to get on our airlines, 888-256-1080. Laura is in Brenham, our first call up today. Laura, good morning. Good morning. How may I help you?
1: We have an oak tree, and I think they called it a water oak. Okay. And the freeze really did it in. It's huge. It's probably about 60 years old it all started to come back with new shoots everywhere Mm -hmm. now the left side of it all turning brown the leaves are all turning brown like it's gonna die what should i do because it's close to the house should we just go ahead and cut it down
0: that is a uh, that is a really difficult question to answer i'm seeing that all over texas i'm amazed to see it as far south as you are. I grew up in College Station and I grew up with water oaks all around me and I love water oaks. They're uh, maybe one of my favorite oak trees. Um, I I can't grow them in the alkaline soil where I live now near Dallas. Um, I'm just amazed that a native tree, you know, that is native through uh, your area eastward uh, would have freeze damage and and that's the thing that's surprising to so many of us in in this business. Um, If and and what i have noticed on a lot of red oaks schumard red oaks is that they went ahead and leafed out in the centers of the trees there was a, a kind of a a blush of dead branches on the outside and then here comes all this strong regrowth in the center and that's it, some of it has started to go back downhill with the heat of uh, late july and august and uh, so i'm i'm really worried that these trees may not pull through they they thought they were going to make it and they they ran the marathon too fast and they're given out now and, and that's what it sounds like your water oak may be doing on that side. Is the bark intact on that side or did it split away from the trunk?
1: No, it's intact. Everything's intact and we have it to where we water it probably about at least two times a week with two hours of water.
0: Well, that's a good thing, but that is not the source of the original problem. The problem was that freeze and, and the fact that Water oaks have a really, you may have noticed this in past years, water oaks have a really short dormant season. They're about the last trees to lose their leaves in December, and, and one of the first of the trees, not necessarily the first, but they, they leaf out fairly early in the spring. And I'm sure that your water oak was starting to think about springtime. It had gotten warm, and, and it was gearing up to grow, and then all of a sudden the, the cold hit. Um, I, I see two options for you. Uh, the safe option is to is to remove all of any branches that might do damage to your house, but if that disfigures the tree, then that's really not a very tasteful option. Um, I hate to see you take the whole tree down yet. Uh, I'm, I'm going to state a few facts, and I'm going to tell you I worry about it coming down during the winter, but I will say that oaks have more strength than almost any other type of tree. They're going to be the last ones to fall. Uh, if, if they are truly dead, they'll, they'll probably hold up a few more months than, uh, for example, an elm tree would or, or some other type, or a post oak. Post oaks are also in your area, and they're, they, don't, they don't last very long. They, they, their limbs break off pretty quickly. Um, I, I would try to get a certified arborist. That's, a, that's an actual okay. title of somebody who has gotten licensure. Uh, I don't know okay. if there will be somebody like that in Brenham. But uh, I would talk to the people at the Antique Rose Emporium and ask if they know a really good certified arborist in Washington County. And if they do, then that's the person I would have look at your tree and, and just see if they think it's worth waiting until spring to see if it offers to leaf out again. Yeah. Um, failing at that, then I would work through your county extension office and ask that they put you in contact with the Texas A and M Forest Service, send photos, and ask their advice. Trust me, they're getting dozens of photos a day with the same question from all over Texas. Yeah, I wish my that's face.
1: Weird that half of it is turning. The leaves are all turning golden and right. brown and fallen, and the other half is green.
0: Is normal? Yeah that's actually unfortunately the way a lot of them look not necessarily water oaks but all oaks in texas live oaks are doing the same thing uh maybe not as far south as you are but in in the dallas fort worth area i was pointing them out to my wife last night uh there is a, a a shopping center we were in last night where all of the in in allen where all of the um uh uh the Shumard red oaks have been hurt really badly on mcdermott just west of central and Unlike any other grouping of Schumard Red Oaks anywhere around North Texas. So I, it's just hard to figure. But you could wait until spring, see if it offers to leaf out. But I would be very nervous if it overhangs your house and if big branches might come down because they are heavier than you think. You just wouldn't believe yeah. it.
1: <laughs> Certified
0: well, arborist is your us, answer.
1: Yeah. Our neighbor told us that he would come down and climb up there and cut them all down. And then oh. I said, well, it would be nice except my part is it's going to kind of look weird
0: your neighbor because- is not a certified arborist odds are and no. you need a bonded uh, uh, uh insured certified arborist to do that work for you those things weigh hundreds of pounds they'll crush through your roof and and they would you don't want it on your conscience that he has been hurt uh, no. in doing that that is not a job for an amateur I don't. I don't lift a chainsaw, even when I had better, better uh, muscular abilities. (laughs) I didn't lift a chainsaw higher than my head. I didn't get on a ladder with a chainsaw. That's just not something that amateurs do. That's for the, that's for the good.
1: I will. I will get someone out there to look at it that is certified and see once. And our, our neighbor is a county agent or was a county agent for Washington County. Perfect person to
0: to ask for help. That's 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 the place to
1: start. That's what I'm going to do. All right.
0: Good luck, Laura. Good luck. I'm rooting for the water oak. Good luck. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye. All right, let me take a break. We'll come back, go to Patsy in Abilene, Jason in Bowie. And thank you all for calling. You have no idea how much that means to me on a day when the the electronics weren't necessarily set up quite right at the station, and uh, that means a lot. We have a line open right now if you'd like to call. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. My electronic newsletter is called E Gardens. It comes from my computer to your email every Thursday just a little after 6 p.m. We have 77,000 people signed up for it and it's getting better and better and better. I think you'll enjoy it a lot and I hope you'll sign up for it if you don't already get it. It's free and it always will be. I will never, ever Spam you, and I certainly don't give or sell your email address to anybody. The list of subscribers to eGardens is absolutely locked in a vault and not given to anybody. So if you want to see what eGardens looks like, go to my website. That's where you sign up for it at neilsperry.com. Same place you can buy my book if you're so inclined. And uh, then go to the eGardens tab. And scroll down just a little bit, you'll see what the one that went out uh, 36 hours ago. You can see what it looks like. And if that looks appealing to you, then, uh, then you sign up right there. Simple as that. You always will have a featured plant of the week. You always will have a featured question of the week. And you always will have gardening this weekend where I point out the things that you need to be doing in your landscape and garden in that week and uh, that weekend. You know, it comes out Thursday evening, so you, uh, find out what you need to do in the ensuing three days. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can buy whatever it is. You can have it on hand and be ready to roll. Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. That's what eGardens is all about. It's like an old-fashioned garden section. Neil Sperry's eGardens. You can sign up at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. And uh, we have two minutes' worth of ads, and we will be back on the other side. I've heard that rejoinder before. Where'd you find that one? <laughs> These are just floating around in the computer. Thank you, Jared, very, very much. Yes, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Please do call now. We have an open line. We'd love to hear from you. Anywhere in the state of Texas, 888 888- Two five six ten eighty, Patsy is in Abilene, and then Jason in Bowie. Patsy, this is Neil. Good morning.
1: Good morning. My pear tree is blooming, and I was wondering if there was anything that I needed to do.
0: Nope. You can sit back and enjoy the blooms. Let me explain what happens. Um, there are many types of plants that bloom coming out of dormancy. Uh, pears are one of them. Uh, Azaleas are one. I don't know if you've heard about uh, as far west as you are you may not pay a lot of attention to azaleas but there is a group of azaleas that have been selected uh, because they re-bloom two or three times a year and they're called encore azaleas. There's another group that has been selected by another nursery and they're called Deja Bloom. It's a great name Um, and I think there's some others. also, there are re-blooming, well, you'll see wisteria bloom in the fall. Uh, you will see occasionally peaches and apples bloom in the fall a little bit, but pears are, are notorious for doing that. So is Carolina jessamine. And the reason that these plants do it is that they, they get so hot and dry in the summer that they just shut down. They go dormant. And then when it turns a little bit cooler and get a little bit of rain in the fall, it doesn't have to be much of a change, they say, hey, things are better. Think I'll bloom. And sometimes you get almost a full bloom on the, on the pear trees in the fall. And, of course, the next question is, well, will I get any pears? And the answer is, is no because it's going to freeze too soon. And the next question is, will this affect the spring bloom? And the answer to that is generally no, probably not. It's going to be fine. And so that's I kind of I kind of answered your question by asking all the questions that follow through. So <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> you can you can questions. tell I've been around the block a few times. Those
1: are the questions I had. Thank you very much. You're
0: welcome, Patsy. Thanks for the call. Sorry to step on all the questions. Let's go to Jason and Bowie. Jason, this is Neil. Good morning.
2: Yes, sir. I was uh, well. I had some St. Augustine questions. I planted some back in the spring and. Part of it gets good sun, and part you can tell right along the line where this full shade. The full shade pretty much died. Uh, do they have? Is there a, a, a good shade version only of St. Augustine to put in the the shade area that never sees sunlight ever?
0: No, uh, all St. Augustine will need uh, at least uh, as far north as you are. It's going to need at least six hours, five or six hours of direct hot sunlight daily in the summer yeah. to survive. Um, in, in South Texas, uh, it could get by on three or four hours of, of direct sunlight. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes you'll see it in, in less light than that where there's angular light coming in late in the day or early in the morning. The right. big difference, Jason, is, um, or a big difference is that in South Texas, St. Augustine does not go brown in the winter. It doesn't have to start it up again in the spring. Uh, like it does for those of us in North Texas. And Bowie is, for folks who don't know where Bowie is, Bowie is about an inch south of Oklahoma. And it gets pretty cold in Bowie, and so the St. Augustine gets pretty pretty brown. It's you're, you're not that close to the Red River, but you are very close. And uh, so St. Augustine is at its northern limits where you are. Um, you, you might look into fescue and try a small area of fescue somewhere where it doesn't matter if it makes it fine, if it doesn't fine. You, you sow it in the fall. It's a grass that you plant by seed. Um, it, it's not fond of the heat, but it, it is green all winter. If it has a downtime, it's in the summer. Um, if you've had good luck with St. Augustine in the past, uh, let, me, let me take my answer back. I don't want you to try and fescue in the shade either. It has to have light also. It's not going to do any better than the St. Augustine in that shade. You have that kind of shade, you're, you're looking for a ground cover instead of a, a turf grass. Okay,
2: yeah, I, it's right where my carport and my driveway kind of meet there. On the, and uh, it had it was originally an old flower bed, and we tried to just throw because the St. Augustine runs all the way up to it, so right. we just tried to put St. Augustine in it itself, and it won't do nothing.
0: It, no, it has to have more light than that. I'll tell you what I've done in our landscape, and and it would work for you. It would definitely will grow for you. Uh, if there's a way to define the two areas where the St. Augustine, you stay over there and, and uh, ground cover, you stay over here. I've used Mondo grass as my ground cover. It looks like a grass. You don't walk in it particularly. You can. I mean, if you uh, drop something in, you can go out and get it, but, but you don't yeah. use it as a turf grass. But that has made a really nice replacement in our shaded backyard uh, uh-huh. for maybe a quarter of an acre. Uh, it took me a while to get enough to do all that, but I did it. Yeah. And, but- so that, that would be a, a better thing, but no, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to get St. Augustine to grow, uh, in, in that kind of shading.
2: Okay. And right along here, in Bowie, like I said, we're about 25 miles from the red river, but, right. uh, what, uh, what's about the last time to lay down new sod in the fall, you know, so it'll have still full time. to.
0: You're talking about St. Augustine? Yes.
2: Yeah. Or any hours uh, of Bermuda or whatever. Well, it differs.
0: You know. it, it varies. Uh, with Bermuda, you could, if it's in the sun where it can take off and, and do very well, you could plant Bermuda right now, but this is about the end. Uh, okay. In St. Augustine, if you were planting out in an in open area where you had good sunlight, yeah. I would try to have St. Augustine along the Red River. I'd try to have it planted by early to mid-August. Uh, okay. Reason being, you want to get it established and well rooted before you get into the winter time, yeah. and uh, this is the voice of experience in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I planted some at my mom and dad's house, back in the seventies, in uh, in in I think the first week of September, and I don't remember what year it was, but the winter was significant enough that I lost the entire planting. So okay. I said, "Well, I don't think I'll do that again." Okay. Uh, well, you, you just well, need to get it established. Boring. Yeah, you need to wait until April.
2: Yeah, okay. All right,
0: well, I appreciate it. Appreciate your call. Have a great day. Take care. Okay. All right, we are going to come back to my friend Bud in Brian, our next call-up. So stay with me. We have a couple of lines open, 888 888- 256 1080. Plenty of time to get you on the air. Call now, please. 888 256 1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Niels Ferry's Lone Star Gardening is my book, and uh, the way you get it is from my office. Uh, It is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. That was a a determined choice on my part because I wanted to be able to sign every copy, and I've signed all but the very first few copies uh, of the 67,000 copies that I have sold. I sign on Sunday nights and Monday mornings, and we put them in the mail uh, Monday afternoon or Tuesday, depending on how many there are to get signed and boxed. This is uh, Small Business America, folks. i got to tell you, this is a do-it-yourself project, my wife and I. Uh, and I, I do have uh, a, a man or two help me load because it gets really heavy uh, and it's kind of hard to get them into the post office. It's just you, you fight for space at the post office. But uh, there's, I, I enjoy this very, very much. I wanted to self-publish also because I wanted Carolyn Skye as my editor and Cindy Smith as a graphic designer. I had worked with each of these ladies on many projects for many years, and I knew that they were the best and still are the best in their business. And so we did a book that has 344 pages and 840 of my photographs, and I had Clear Visions in San Antonio do the printing. They are fabulous. And Universal Book Bindery in San Antonio did the binding of the book, It's a hardback and on high-quality paper. I'd love to put one in your hands and let you judge for yourself. If you're not satisfied, I'll refund every penny that you invest in it, including tax and postage, of course, every penny. And uh, 67,000 copies sold far and uh, not one request for a refund. So I think the odds are pretty good that you're going to like the book. So, 11 chapters, chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, what you have to know to get started about soils and climate and hardiness zones, things of that sort, because that applies to all the different chapters. Chapter 2 is a calendar of when to do every task, when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden, four pages per month, 48 total pages. Chapters 3 through 11 are detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals and perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. As I said, the book is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. It's available through my office. If you want to call the office Monday through Friday, that's one way to order. The better way, though, is my website, neilsperry.com. You can do it right now. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com and uh, if you prefer to call the office that's fine too monday through friday business hours 800 752 grow 800 752 4769 but the better way is at neil sperry N E I L S P E R R Y dot .com we'll be back after these 2 minutes and uh, stay tuned All right. Thank you very much, Kelly Robinson. And uh, we have all full phone lines right now, so let me get right to them. And uh, Bud, my friend Bud and Brian. Bud, I'm going to introduce you more completely (laughs) at the end of your question, if that would be all right. How can I help you this morning? Good to hear from you.
3: Of course, Neil. Thank you. Uh, Yes, sir. I'm enjoying your new book immensely. It's it's a wonderful resource. Thank you. Uh, I have not found an answer to this question, though, and it involves uh several gardenia bushes i planted about a month ago uh i turned the bed i worked in a bunch of uh potting soil and they were nice and dark green and they have now turned lime green
0: okay you're talking about all of uh, all of the leaves on the plants yes okay and uh, uniformly top to bottom on the plants
3: Yes. Initially, they, as when they were dark green, they produced a few blossoms, and then they quit doing that, and they turned all light green, lime green.
0: I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't worry about whether they bloom or not. I'm much more worried about the, about the health of the plants. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will bet. Is there any chance that these uh, got too dry or were overly wet for a period of time? Probably too dry once. Is there any chance I of that? I don't.
3: Think so. I've, I've been pretty diligent in, you know, in keeping them moist. Uh,
0: How much sunlight do water. they get, Bud? How much sunlight?
3: They How get much... uh, a good six, seven hours a day.
0: Okay. At what time of day? morning or afternoon uh,
3: from 11 o'clock till sundown probably right, that's Basically. pretty
0: hot that may be part of the problem i don't know depending on where they were in the nursery if they were in a in a shaded area and then they suddenly went out into the afternoon sun uh, in august that might be part of the problem yeah. they may just be kind of bleached out from that that may be too much sunlight well I, these I were two you gallon do...
3: two gallon bushes
0: okay i i Uh, Lime green, a a change of color that abruptly is not likely to be nutrient deficiency. It's certainly not iron, certainly not nitrogen that fast. Uh, I think it's probably more a reaction either to having gotten dry once uh, or more, but probably just one time, or more likely a change in the lighting. How soon after you planted them did you notice them starting to change?
3: Oh, in within a couple
0: of weeks, I'm I'm pretty confident that there was a change in lighting. Uh, think back to where they were in the nursery when you got them, and, and was it a shade house of some sort?
3: Yes, it was uh, a sh- shade house.
0: So All right. Watch the new way. growth that comes. N- nothing further will happen to them this fall. It's going to get cooler. It's the, the days are going to get shorter. Watch them this fall, and if you see new growth that comes out, see if it is a good dark green color. And if that's the case, then just wait them out and, and see how they react in the spring. Chances are they will uh, they will recover, and, and those leaves will drop in the spring anyway. That's the normal transition. Okay, and, good. And then uh, hopefully they'll be replaced by normal leaves come spring. I'll bet that's just kind of like a sunburn almost or a, a bleaching. Yeah. Your books
3: so, seem to indicate that they like acidic soil, and I thought maybe my light green color had to do with my oil
0: no and that would show up on brand new growth and it would be over a much longer period of time it's not going to show up in two weeks
3: they put on pretty good new growth and it's it's all the same color
0: well watch a little longer it would be when it's brand new but watch uh two months from now and see how they look before freeze and uh, hopefully they're going to they're going to be a darker green especially come springtime i I think that that has to be that bud called about what's it been about two three months ago about three months ago yes and i don't remember how how the the topic got into knowing uh, knowing you and and realizing who your dad uh, was but it was just a revelation i i called home immediately after i got off the air <laughs> uh, bud's dad was uh, major general earl rudder who uh, commanded rudder's rangers at normandy and then became president of texas a m university and I have known Bud and his sisters and the and the family uh, since I was probably ten years old. And uh, it's just it was it, it still is putting a chill up my spine right now, Bud, uh, to have you call. And I'm I'm honored and honored to know your family and to know you. So
3: well, it's a privilege and honor to call you a friend as well.
0: Thank you. Well, keep in touch, and you have uh, you have another way to reach me, and and I'll sure try to help.
3: Thank you, a Million.
0: Take care. Good to hear from you. Take care. All right, let's see. I need to get one more break in, then I'm gonna I'm gonna help Jamie and Bill, and I think it must be Nika, and I'll try my very best there. I'm gonna do a quick ad from my website. It's neilsperry.com. That's where you buy my book. It's where you sign up for eGardens. That's where you find my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. Neilsperry.com. N E I L S P E R R Y. That was a 60-second ad. That's a quick ad. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America. Well, let me tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. Mueller metal roofing and steel buildings are made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA and with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal Buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property, and you're supporting local jobs and local families—ordinary, hard-working people who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. Mueller Metal Roofing and Steel Buildings, 90 years of making customers' dreams come true. If you're around for 90 years as a business, you're doing it right. Visit MuellerInc.com or give them a call at eight seven seven two Mueller. 877-268-3553. They're Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last. Mueller com. More after this one-minute message. All right, I'm going to try my best to get all three of you in. Jamie and San Angelo, how can I help? All right, Jamie may not be there. What do you think? Let's go to Bill in Aranzas Pass. Bill, this is Neil. Good morning okay jared's there all right let me back up then and and uh, address the weeds in bermuda grass uh you need to decide if it is a weed that is about to die out because uh, the season is about over don't uh, don't bring him back up again or her i don't know if jamie's uh, a guy or gal uh but if it's an annual weed like grass burrs or crabgrass let them die and put out the pre-emergence in the spring uh you start by identifying what the weed is, what type of weed, not name and, and species, but uh, whether it's annual or perennial, and then whether it's broadleafed or whether it is a grassy weed. And if it is an annual weed, when does it germinate? And that's, that determines when you put out the pre emergent, right before it germinates. That's how you start, and I have that on my website in the Frequently Asked Questions, FAQ of my website. So I'm going to send you there if you're listening, since we don't have you on the phone. Let me go to Nika and Brian. Nika, this is Neil. Good morning.
1: Hi. Hi how there. Are you?
0: I'm doing well. How can I help you?
1: Well, uh, we have, well, I actually have two questions, so I'll do the first one first. Uh, the, we have some crepe myrtles. We have a lot of crepe myrtles in our front yard. And one of them, kind of the smallest one close to the street, has a bunch of black stuff all over it. And it kind of looks like maybe it's spreading, you know, maybe like little bits might be getting on some of the other This looks like a mold? I think so, yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, that is called sooty mold. And sooty mold grows in the honeydew, the sticky substrate that that accumulates on the bark and on the leaves of crepe myrtles. Uh, It is... um, uh, exuded from two insects. It, it could be either or. Uh, uh, it could be both. Uh, either crepe myrtle bark scale or crepe myrtle aphids. Uh, mm-hmm. In your area, it's probably more likely to be crepe myrtle aphids, but they're they're both present. Um, you'll notice. Yeah, we
1: get it, rid of it? <laughs> uh, well,
0: uh, you you use a systemic insecticide. You don't worry about the scale. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me back that up, take that away. You don't worry about the sooty mold. It is the aftermath of the insects. You you need to get rid of the insects, and the way you do that is prevent them by putting out a systemic insecticide in the middle of May. That insecticide is the most common insecticide in in the world, actually. It's imidacloprid. I know it's a mouthful, I'll spell it once. I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D. If you go into any garden center, unless they only sell organic things, it's not organic. Uh, but you need <laughs> this systemic product, and you put it into the soil, and it will kill out the, uh, the. It will be taken up in mid-May. It'll be taken up into the growing system of the crepe myrtle, and it will prevent these insects from becoming a problem. Imidacloprid applied in mid-May as a soil drench. You don't spray. And so that's what you do, and the city mold will not uh, form that way. It never has a chance to form. So anyway, I hope that helps. Uh, We don't have music. I don't know. Uh, Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Jared, I don't know when we're through, so I'm just going to have to bid adieu to people, and I thank you all. All right. I thank you all for listening. We don't have the music. And so there it is. I appreciate you all for listening, so thank you very much. And until next week, happy gardening.